Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Anyone's hopes for getting a vaccine are going to be delayed at least some. The FDA finally put out some new guidelines. The White House had resisted them, but then allowed them to go forward. The president for weeks has said we'll have a vaccine soon. He keeps saying soon, and he keeps saying possibly before the election. I think that's off the table now if you look at the new guidance. After weeks of this tug of war between the FDA and the White House, the FDA released new guidelines for coronavirus vaccine developers last week. In a move the president claimed was a, quote, political hit job, the FDA wants at least two months' worth of data before granting an emergency use authorization in order to ensure a vaccine is safe. Here's Dr. Peter Marks. He's the director of the FDA's Center for Biologics Evaluation and Research. If you look at when most adverse events, the majority of them have occurred by the kind of a median time, it's somewhere around two to three months. Uh, and so we picked two months as something that was, it was reasonably aggressive, yet also somewhat <laughs> kind of in the middle, not too aggressive, not too conservative, in the middle. And while these newly published recommendations all but ensure that a vaccine won't be authorized before election day, it is important to note that the vaccine timeline is not up to the president alone, or even the FDA for that matter, because there is a small secretive group that sees the data before anyone else. And right now, they have one of the most monumental tasks in the world. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Coronavirus, Fact versus Fiction. This all gets decided by a group called a Data and Safety Monitoring Board. That's Dr. Francis Collins, director of the NIH. He's talking about the DSMB. That's the Data and Safety Monitoring Board. It's a group of experts in areas like statistics, ethics, vaccine development. They are the only ones to get a few, quote, unblinded looks at the vaccine data as it starts to come in. They get to look at the data. They know who got the vaccine, who got the placebo. They're the ones who figure out whether it's time to say this is working. That's not a political decision. They can either advise a company to apply for FDA review or they can bring the trial to a halt. In fact, that's exactly what happened when a DSMB decided to pause the AstraZeneca trial when a previously healthy 37-year-old woman developed a neurological condition in the UK. And it wasn't the first time something like that had happened. Even the FDA doesn't see that until that DSMB has looked at all the data and raised their hand to say, "Okay, we're done. Usually, each trial would have its own data and safety monitoring board. But right now, there is a common DSMB, about 10 to 15 people reviewing data from multiple vaccine trials funded by the government under Operation Warp Speed. DSMB members typically remain confidential while the study's going on. And as you might imagine, it's very challenging to get any board members to speak on the record. But on today's podcast, I got a peek behind the curtain with someone who sits on these high-stake boards. 
it never occurred to anybody that anybody outside the FDA would try and, you know, interfere with that. That's Susan Ellenberg, a professor of biostatistics at UPenn's Perelman School of Medicine. She serves on DSMBs related to COVID-19 and agreed to answer some of my questions. First up, what is a data safety monitoring board? A data safety monitoring board, or DSMB, it's a group of experts that's independent of the study that's ongoing that is convened to review the interim data as they accumulate and to make sure that the clinical trial continues to be safe for people to participate in and that it's being done in a way that's likely to produce useful data. I would have thought that um, the FDA, for example, here in the United States, would be the organization that would be looking at data that's coming in, unblinding it, and trying to make sense of it. Why does this sort of committee or this sort of board need to exist? Um, It exists in order to protect the integrity of the trial. If people who are involved in the trial, the investigators or the trial sponsor, um, knows the interim data, there could be a temptation to make changes in the trial or even unconsciously to do something different in how the trial is going on that's influenced by knowledge of the interim data. So the way things have evolved is that nobody sees those interim data, including the FDA, because the FDA sometimes has to make interim decisions about trials too. Nobody sees those interim data except for the Data Safety Monitoring Board. So even in the case of uh, these vaccine trials, do the the manufacturers or the sponsors, do they get looks at the data as this trial is ongoing? They see the aggregate data, but they don't see the comparative data, the interim comparative data. That's kept confidential from them. And again, that's to their benefit because then nobody can accuse them at the end of making any changes to make it more likely that things are going to come out positive. My sense is, uh, Doc, there's a lot of secrecy around these boards. I mean, they're, they're an independent entity, right? But I mean, you being involved with that, is that something you can disclose? Do people ask you questions then about, you know, the data that you're seeing? Well, they might, but <laughs> I wouldn't reveal anything about the trials. I've been getting a lot of media requests recently about this, and I'm happy to talk in general about issues in clinical trials and data monitoring and vaccine trials, but if they have specific questions about any of the trials that I'm involved in monitoring, I won't discuss that. You know, they don't want, especially in something as visible and high profile as this, what they don't want is members of their committee being besieged by outside people trying to find out what's going on in the trials. So, I mean, this seems like a fundamental point as things stand right now in the world. This committee, these, these boards, are perhaps the most important boards really uh, of all when it comes to this pandemic. How is the process ensured to be devoid of conflict, to be devoid of political pressure? Because everything seems to be a pressure cooker nowadays. Well, the people who serve on these committees are thoroughly vetted for conflicts of interest. So for example, if I had stock in a company uh, or if I had some other major position in a company, like uh, I was on their advisory board or something like that, that would be considered a conflict or, or some other company that was uh, developing a, a COVID vaccine. So you don't want people to be influenced by things that they shouldn't be influenced by. If, if the trial is positive and it means I'm gonna make a lot of money versus if it's negative, if the data are obvious, it's probably gonna make a difference. But when you're on the, on the margin, 
that's when you worry about people being influenced by other considerations and you really want to avoid that. You know, when you're looking at data, I think there's always a perception, certainly among lay people, that it's totally objective. You have data, you have numbers, either the numbers are going to work and suggest, in this case, that a vaccine is, is effective uh, or it's not. Is it really that objective or is there a degree of subjectivity that enters into this process? Well, of course, there's some degree of subjectivity. Just looking at the adverse event that turned up in the AstraZeneca trial in the UK, it's just one event in one person out of thousands who were in the trial. Was that caused by the vaccine? There's no way to know that for sure. It's a judgment call. And that's the way these committees work. And that's why it's important to have people on these committees who are knowledgeable about the disease, who are knowledgeable about the underlying biology and the virology, the immunology, uh, how the mechanism of the vaccine, and people like me who are numbers people who can help interpret the data. Given that we are better at treating this illness, certainly than we were back in the early spring, does that mean you would wait longer to be confident about safety? or would you still accelerate the timetable? How do you then balance that risk-reward proposition? It's been interesting to talk about accelerating the timetable. These studies, the ones that have already started, are likely to have answers before the end of this year, whether it's you know, next month or November or December. You know, there's a lot of transmission around. There's a lot of people still getting this infection and getting sick. So when we're talking about accelerating, we're talking maybe about you know, a few weeks and that doesn't seem like a, such a major price to pay in terms of being more certain about uh, safety. And I think that's why, you know, the, the FDA, they want to have all the people have at least two months of observation after they complete their vaccination series. And that will slow things down a little bit, but we'll know a lot more about safety. And with a vaccine, safety is of primary importance. And even an adverse event that happens as infrequently as one in uh, 10,000 people or one in 20,000 people, that would be a lot of people who would have a serious adverse event. Yeah, because you're giving it to healthy people. I'm, I'm trying to get a sense, uh, Doctor, how would you characterize the power of, of this board? Well, I don't think of it as power at all. I think of it as a way of monitoring to make sure that the trial continues to be safe and appropriate to continue. It's a safety device. I've been involved with these kinds of committees for a long time, and I don't think you feel powerful. You feel responsible. You know that everybody's trusting you with these data. We're all eager for a vaccine to protect us against COVID-19, but we need to be able to trust these trials to make sure that any vaccine is safe and effective. The country's top doctors have assured us they won't be cutting corners on safety. For now, it's in the hands of Susan Ellenberg and other members of the DSMBs to make sure that's the case. Here's the latest as of Tuesday. Now we have some breaking news in our health lead for you now. Drug maker Eli Lilly is pausing the trial of its antibody cocktail for safety reasons. CNN senior medical correspondent Elizabeth Cohen uh, joins us now to talk about it. What's interesting, Jake, is they didn't say that they just sort of did this on their own. They said that something called the Data Safety and Monitoring Board, which is this independent board that reviews safety data to make sure that everything's going the way it should, that this board actually suggested that they pause. Johnson & Johnson uh, has also paused its trial of a, a vaccine, not a treatment, a vaccine during phase three, this final phase. Do we have any idea why that happened? 
You know, for that one, we do. They said that a participant had an unexplained illness, and so they decided to put this trial on pause. If you have questions, please record them as a voice memo and email them to asksanjay at cnn.com. We might include them on the next podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.